0: Welcome to episode 17 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to Stomp the Stigma today is local radio personality Josie Balka. She's here to talk about her incredible weight loss transformation, as well as her healing journey with anxiety and how that has affected her life so far. Thank you for um, coming on the podcast with me. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to you. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. It's so weird. I was listening to you on the radio today, and now I'm like talking to you. So this is kind of crazy. Oh well,
1: thank you. That's really sweet of you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've done just like one or two podcasts with other people, but like I haven't done many, so it's always fun to kind of see how it works and stuff.
0: Yeah, first I just wanted to say like you have such a large platform and I guess more of an influence on, I guess an influence on more people than the average person does. So I just wanted to thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and open about your struggles and your life on the radio when you have so many people um, listening to you and, and uh, being influenced by what you're saying.
1: I think it's just like, always looking for ways to like connect to other people and be like hey this is happening to me has this Mm -hmm. happened to you yeah and um it's just like like what like it's even just like when you're like googling symptoms and you're like what's this and then you'll like go on forums and like look at pictures and like see what other people have been through and you can like compare notes and stuff and I feel like Sometimes it's just easier for people who are also struggling instead of, like, going on, like, Google and being, like, am I normal? Mm -hmm. Just hearing somebody else who's, like, yeah, I'm actually freaking out all the time, too. So uh, maybe – and then it also, like, selfishly on my end helps me because if I post something transparent about, like, being really anxious on one particular week, it's, like, helpful when people reach out and they're, like, me too. And I'm, like, oh, thank God. Like, I thought that I was dying. But I'm glad that everybody's feeling some type of way this week so that you, like – I don't know it's easy to it's easier to feel like you're not alone in it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and I feel like the second that one person starts talking about something everybody else feels like it's kind of easier to jump into it so
0: well yeah that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place is just growing up with my own mental health issues there was not many people that would actually talk about it and I was like I'm so alone am I the only one that's going through this and I think talking about it and just hearing other people's experiences um, makes it so much easier to talk about your own, Whether yeah. and it helps relate to other people as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think that there's, like, this, um, it's weird because when I was younger, like, and I don't know, are we, like, around the same age? How old are you?
0: Yeah, I'm 28.
1: Yeah, I'm 27, so, like, I'm almost 28, so it's just, like, when I was, like, in elementary school and high school and stuff, I was always anxious, I was always nervous, I always felt this way, but I never thought, like, I have anxiety, I was, like, I'm just nervous right now, you know, and it took, like, finally, like, sitting down with, like, a therapist and being, like, these are all the things that I feel, and then being, like, well, you have anxiety, and me being, like, oh, there's a name for it, I thought everybody just felt this way all the time, you know, but, like, it's, it's nice to kind of the fact that every day it feels like it gets like a little more normalized.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was the same way in like elementary school when I first started experiencing um, depression. And I didn't, like, I had no idea what it was at the time. And yeah. I I kind of wish that I had somebody to tell me that it wasn't normal and that yeah. I was different from everyone else, but also that I wasn't the only one going through it, if that makes really? sense. Totally. So do yeah. you struggle with is it just anxiety or is it anything else?
1: I wouldn't I don't really know exactly like yeah. I think I think it's mostly just anxiety. I wouldn't ne- I would say that I like go through phases where I like feel sad, but I don't think that I yeah. go through phases where I like have had like severe like crippling depression or anything. I mm-hmm. think anxiety is like the main one. I panic a lot and I like not like panic attacks, which is like in my head and I it's very hard for me to like dial it back without the reassurance of another person being like it's fine you're gonna be fine like Mm -hmm. you're not gonna die and um like it's kind of gotten to a point where like I'll talk to my therapist about it or um I've had like really bad moments where like doctors and stuff have been like Maybe medication wouldn't be the worst thing like when I was like in the hospital for a little bit a couple years ago with an infection I was freaking out so hard and like they sent in a social worker and she was like, you know what like this level of panic Isn't necessarily like the average way to react to something like this. So maybe once this is all over you could consider like taking some kind of medication to calm you down on a regular basis because it could like really change your life (laughs) and so and i I think it just all kind of like stemmed from anxiety and even recently with my therapist i was like what about meds and she was like you know what like it might not be the worst idea you know Mm -hmm. um but it's always been like circled around anxiety and not so much anything else
0: right but yeah what is your opinion on medication
1: I think I have a lot of friends who use it and swear by it, and like sometimes when you have like a chemical imbalance, you need help mm-hmm. to fix it, and um, and that then there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people will say that they don't want to rely on on medication, yeah. and I think that if you have the option to say that, you're lucky. Like I feel lucky that I feel overwhelmed by it some days, but on more days, I'm like I can handle this. Because I think that a lot of people can't
2: right um, yeah, I agree. physically
1: do it mm-hmm. because it's it's really all is it's it's sometimes it's just chemical imbalance and you need medication just kind of the same way that you do when you have a cold or when you have a flu or when you have like diabetes or something like you need something to balance you out and um, I think I'm I'm definitely I'm not against it I would rather not if I can help it. But if it comes to a point where I ever need it, I wouldn't be like, no. I would be like, okay, let's give it a shot and see if it helps.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So do you remember kind of the very beginning when you first realized that you were struggling with anxiety?
1: The more that I, like, dive into it, yeah, um, the more I realize it's been always Like, I've always been really anxious and worried that I'm, like, dying or, like, that the worst is going to happen and making up a story and convincing myself it's true. And I've been doing that since I was, like, a little kid. Mm -hmm. So, like, but I never really realized that it was, like, a problem until, I'd say, like, 2017, I, uh, went through something with someone and, um, I was just, like, totally taken out by it. Like, it was just, like, a shitty, sorry for swearing, like, a crappy, um, (laughs) Not a relationship, but just something that like was like a little bit traumatic, and mm-hmm. I remember that situation making me so anxious that like I couldn't sleep, and I was so stressed that I would get like strep throat once a month, and I was in the morning. I'm sure like if I could even get out of bed because I was so anxious. And since then, it's actually never been as bad as it was when that happened. But I did go to my doctor at that point and I was like, I need something mm-hmm. to help me. And he, like, prescribed me Ativan and was like, um, just put this on a magnet on your fridge and know that you can go pick up this prescription. But If you don't need to, don't fill it. And I was like, yeah, okay. okay. And I never did. I never ended up, like, using it. But I remember just having it helped me to know, like, if I ever go through mm-hmm. um, anything like this again, I can go to the pharmacy and have something that would calm me down. And um like it was around that time that I had a panic attack for the first time ever on while I was driving out a crow child and I like called an ambulance so I thought I was having a stroke I thought I was gonna die. And then they came and they were like, No, you're fine. And like it was just like a little period of time where I was like, oh my God, like this has to have a name. Like this has to be something more than just nerves. And um over the years of like talking to new therapists and figuring it out. It, uh, it's like come to light that it's just generalized anxiety and a lot of people deal with it. So it's definitely like a weird thing to deal with. Like now that I'm like kind of tracing back to like that time, I remember like going to one therapist and talking to her and being like, mm-hmm. I don't like you. And like I'd go to the next one and talk to them and be like, I don't like you. And it was always like, I remember the moment when I would always decide that I didn't want to keep seeing a particular therapist for anxiety was always when they would say, it would always be like, so where are you from? Like, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm from Toronto. I, I moved to Calgary. And they would always go, that must have been hard for you. And i always go, <laughs> yeah. But that's not where any of this stemmed from. I'm pretty good at making new friends and, like, starting over and stuff. So it was never that. And it was always, like, they cling to that. Yeah. And definitely deeper than this. And yeah. I finally found, like, a psychologist in the midst of all of it that, like, kind of concentrated on, like, healing from within, which is usually some kind of spiritual BS that I would laugh at, and I was like, I'll just give it a chance, and there were certain things that were too much for me, that I was like, this isn't going to work for me, I don't believe this, like, hypnotizing and stuff like that, I couldn't fall into it, because I just couldn't believe it, Um, but, like, I feel like once I found my therapist, or my psychologist, rather, that, like, worked for me, it really made everything get better, a lot faster. And now I've been seeing the same one for like almost three years. And it's like oh, nice. that kind of regular help from the mm-hmm. same person can be a huge aid in kind of making you feel a little bit more calm.
0: I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah. So now that you're kind of realizing what, um, what you're struggling with and what is going on, looking back over your life and like when you were younger, do you kind of see moments and you're like oh that that probably happened because I had anxiety or anything like that?
1: I think um more so than that I look back at things and go I probably have anxiety because of that.
2: Oh okay. And
1: it's just like just kind of things that you realize like that maybe like happened when you were a kid or like things that happened when you were in school or like the way that things were handled or like whether your parents were together or not. And like, if you like yeah. got like the love from your dad that you need and things like that, that your therapist kind of brings up to you. And, and like, it's, yeah. it's, I have two amazing parents and I love them both very much. And like, I would never look back at anything they did and be like, no, like I, like, I think that like the way that I was raised was wonderful. And I think there's certain things that just can't be helped. I think I'm just an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely things that you look back at and go, Oh, you know what? Like maybe I deal with, these kinds of problems and this kind of worry and this kind of anxiety in this way because of this, yeah. you know? And, um, it's just kind of helpful. I don't know about you, but when I'm going to solve a problem, I need all of the pieces. Like I can't wrap my head around something unless I understand every single part of it, which is why I'm bad at math. Cause it was always kind of like that. That's just how math works. And I'd be like, but why? Like, <laughs> Why? I don't understand. And, like, it's, like, been so helpful in therapy looking back at things, like, from when I was a kid and, like, things in school and things in high school and stuff that I'm, like, oh, I deal with this stuff this way now because of that. So if I can mend that in my head moving forward, I'll kind of deal -hmm. with these things a little bit better, you know? So
0: So I know there's a big debate on whether – Uh, mental health issues stem from just a chemical imbalance or whether they're kind of triggered or brought on by like environmental traumas and stuff. So would you say that it's kind of a combination for you? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I think it's actually probably, in my personal opinion, I Mm -hmm. am not a doctor, Um, obviously, I think it has a lot to do with your environment. Yeah. um and the way that you were taught to deal yeah
0: I do too I do too. With,
1: yeah so like if you were taught when something bad happens you worry and you always prepare for the worst and if you were taught like that like maybe somebody who's like supposed to be really secure in your life is gonna leave um yeah. or like maybe that like love doesn't always work out, you know, like things like that. If you watch those things happen, you become a product of your environment and you believe that that's the only way, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, so you start to, like, live by those things. And it's funny when I, like, talk with my therapist about, like, relationships and, like, the way that I react to things in relationships and the way that I react to, like, traumatic moments and, like, fear and then health anxiety and stuff, it always stems back to the way that those things were dealt with around you right yeah and um like and sometimes you take things too literally like my mom worked really hard to keep me safe I'm her only child it was just the two of us and um and like with that comes me being worried forever about uh every little thing going wrong all the time because everything needs to be safe Mm -hmm. and and if it's not safe then don't do it you know So like, and I think that anxiety comes from that because you're like stressed in situations where you're like, is this safe? And if it's not, and and those like that mindset is helpful. I'm sure it's saved me many times because I've overthought things before I do them. And sometimes it'll save me from getting hurt or like physically, emotionally, whatever. Sometimes it's just like, Jesus, I wish I could just dive into something for once, you know? So I guess like that's like a long way of saying I definitely think that you're a product of your environment and if you are raised by an incredibly calm parent, like, it could also affect you negatively in a way that you don't care enough about things, you know? So it's just, like, the way that you're taught, usually we're taught one way. And when you grow up, that more often than not going to be a problem Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to like seek help in how you deal with things emotionally right yeah um yeah but i think it's definitely if not always at least partially attributed to your environment
0: yeah i i agree completely completely um a lot of people when it comes to relationships they they're like they don't want to know anything about your past like your past is behind you they have no interest but at the same time for people like us that have been shaped by our past and say we react to certain situations in a particular way because of our past I think it's so important to share in relationships kind of what you've been through and and how that has affected your reactions because I feel like that's such a huge part of our lives.
1: Definitely I um I think that there are I always find it funny when I hear about um, like friends and stuff who like they'll date somebody new and then this person like doesn't want to know anything about
2: mm-hmm.
1: the past, doesn't want to know about your last boyfriends, doesn't want to know about um, like just you kind of like start from where you meet. Yeah. But like as a person you're a product of everything that's happened to you and every person that has like contributed to you and like don't you want to know about like somebody who treated you negatively and that's why maybe you are scared a little bit or like why, like if somebody has, has it like abused you, why, why you would be a little bit standoffish and, and stuff like that. And I can never understand when people don't want to hear the stories and when people don't want to tell the stories. And I find that like, even I'll be on dates and sometimes like somebody will accidentally bring up an ex and I'll be, they'll be like, Oh, I shouldn't talk about this. And I'm like, why? Because, mm-hmm. If your ex is a part of the reason that you are who you are now and I might fall in love with this person, that person has a part in that. Mm -hmm. So why would you not want to hear that story? And I think that like everybody is, and I heard one of my coworkers, her name is Joelle say this once, that everybody is just a product of all of their stories. And when you meet somebody, you know them in that moment. And the only other way to get to know them is from stories that they'll tell you, that other people will tell you, and that you you will have moving forward to tell other people. So like the fact that anybody ever tries to like be like, I don't want to talk about that relationship. It's like, well, why not? Because if it was good, we can learn from it. And if it was bad, we can learn from it. And like, it's, it's, uh, especially when you have a past, if you are anxious or you have depression or you have PTSD or you have just kind of something going on in your head that like makes you navigate things a little bit differently than somebody who, doesn't have any trauma like I personally would want to know that about someone so that in your friendship or your relationship with them you can navigate it in the right way Mm -hmm. and like be sensitive to that because everybody has their shit right oh yeah um but I I definitely like it's something that I'm very probably almost to a fault open about um just Mm -hmm. I'm anxious if I had a bad day I'll tell you if you ask me how my day was and it wasn't good, I'll let you know. You know, yeah. And it's like I think a lot of people are like they'll take it as like a negative thing or like a complaining thing or like all oh, this grows a lot thing. And um, when you're like that and you have a lot to share, um, I think a lot of people quickly sometimes feel afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely something that stands in the way. But it's like the right people understand, and I feel like also when you've been through a lot your friendships are more meaningful because the people that stick around are the people who listens to the stories. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. If somebody can't handle all of you, including that side of you, then yeah. they're not the person for you. So if they can't handle it from the beginning, then. Oh, know, 100%. Well find out like,
1: my therapist actually brought up something really interesting recently because I was um, really anxious about something. And um, she was like, why don't you just tell this person that, this is how your mind works
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that you often panic about these things. And I was like, no. And and she was like, why not? And I was like, cause he doesn't need to know that. She was like, because you're ashamed of it. And I was like, no, cause it's not his business. And she was like, no, it's because you're ashamed. Cause you would bring it up if you weren't ashamed. And I was like, yeah, I guess. And she was like, don't be ashamed of who you are. Tell him. And I was like, No, but like, (laughs) but like, thinking about it, like, I'm glad I didn't, just because it wouldn't, it wasn't the right moment or the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. But like, in the end of it, everything is just like attached to like shame and like the way that you feel about yourself and like the things that you choose to hide are because you're like embarrassed, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. When you find a person and you feel no shame and you can just tell them everything about you, that means that it's like a I feel like that means that it's like a special, probably more lasting
2: relationship.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So do you think um, that anxiety is something that you are going to live with for your entire life? Or is that something that could be, that you could overcome? I don't know if that's that's possible.
1: That's interesting. Um, I was actually thinking about that the other day. And it's yeah it sucks like I was wondering I was like do you think I'll always be worried about this like when I have babies one day am I gonna sleep like am I gonna be able to know that like they're okay probably not and like my mom I remember her just worrying all the time when I was a kid and I think that like I'll I'll find coping mechanisms for my anxiety Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll ever go away unless I like take medication and I think if I work really hard And, like, really figure out the roots of it and, like, continually put work in every day to, like, changing my mindset and, like, calming down. I think that there will be less bad days, but I think that every day, probably forever, I'll feel a little anxious about something, Mm -hmm. you know? It's crazy to think that there's people who don't.
0: I know! It's crazy to try and describe what you're going through to somebody that has no idea and can't understand. It's like...
1: it's It's like I have girlfriends who genuinely are like I don't feel anxious or depressed yeah and I'm like what (laughs) how is that possible and it's not like a pride thing like they're like I wish I could understand what you're going through so I could help you Mm -hmm. I have a girlfriend who's like that and like her boyfriend struggles with it but she doesn't so when I talk about it with them Oh, my alarm's going off, sorry. When I talk about it with them, he's always like, yeah, and she's like, I don't know. But, like, it's, it, like, obviously support comes from all sides, even when people don't, like, fully understand it. But I, like, really do envy um, yeah. those people who just are like, I don't know what that's like, yeah. you know?
0: So for somebody that has no idea and has never been through... Um, I guess, a panic attack, or an anxiety episode, or something like that, how do you even begin to describe that to somebody? Like, what does that feel like to you? Because I know it's different for everybody. It,
1: it depends on the type of anxiety. Um. So, like, for me, let's say, like, that panic attack that I had, it was, like, just, like, my mouth got really dry, my hands got really shaky, and I, I always have shaky hands, because I have a tremor, in my hands, like, a really little one, but, like, they're always a little shaky, but I, like, really felt it and I like my heart rate I went through a phase where I was like obsessed with my my pulse so I like felt my heart rate like raising and I like was feeling it and it was like and I was like what the hell and then I like started to get like sweaty and I never sweat so I was just driving and I was like I think I'm actually gonna have a stroke right now which now thinking about it I'm like obviously not but I was also a smoker at the time too so I was like you never know I was like 23 so unlikely but still and, like, it's. I just, like, pulled over and I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. And I, like, put my hand out the window just to be like, I wanna die by myself. So, like, hopefully, maybe somebody pulls over and, like, tells me that everything's okay while well, like I just, like, wait. And somebody pulled over, it's actually a nurse. She talked me through it. We called 911, the ambulance came, they checked on my vitals, and they were like, we don't want you to drive for a little bit just because you're, like, so high yeah. panic mode. But, like, you're not having a stroke. You're you're, you're healthy, you're gonna be fine. It's just, like, panic. Oh so, there was that. Which, I've always been, which is funny, I've always just been, like, scared to have another one. Mm So I panic about having panic attacks, but I've never actually had another one that was, like, of that caliber, which is good. And I hope it never happens again. Um, But I think also when I'm, like, on the verge of it, like, sometimes I'll feel like it's hard to swallow. Or I, like, I'm starting to panic. I'll just kind of, like, roll down all the windows and just be like this is just all in your head. Like, you're just making this up, and Mm -hmm. then you kind of, like, slowly come out of it and calm down. Um, So that's that. Like, that's what it feels like when I have a panic attack. But my anxiety episodes these days, um, many of them are, like, health-related. So um, let's say I – the other day, I I get dry eyes sometimes, and, like, it's, like – kind of dry eye where it like actually feels like there's like raindrops on the windshield on my eyes for like a few days and it's happened before I've been to the ophthalmologist about it but I start googling dry eyes and is it possible that dry eyes never go away and can dry eyes lead to blinds? No. and I'll start taking pictures of my eyes and then I'll like look and see that there's like so many veins and like one time I literally messaged like three of my friends I was like someone took your eyes just to see like how many veins they had in their eyes to see if it was normal and like lately it's just like health panic after health panic after health panic which probably has something to do with the fact that there's a pandemic and a lot of people have been dying yeah and every day there's a new death count and i like i'm so scared of dying so there's like health anxiety where i will literally wake up at four o'clock in the morning and google symptoms for three hours and then get up and go to work and i'm like just wiped from it oh my God. and then like another way that my anxiety shows is that i'll make up a whole story I'll make up a whole story Like, I'll be like, my work isn't happy with me, and they're going to change my shift forever. And I'll, like, go into a meeting with my boss, expecting him to be like, you now work overnight. And I'll be like, that makes sense, because why would they not do that? Like, I had a really crappy week at work. I didn't do a good job. They're going to put somebody more fit to do my job in my spot, and they're going to put me on overnights again, which I did when I was first starting in this industry, like, six years ago. It would never actually happen. Mm -hmm. But I've, like, lost sleep over things like that. And then uh, in my meeting, my boss will just be like, hey, just check it in so you know you you are. And that's the end of it. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) you're going to put me on an overnight. And I said that recently. And he was like, why would I do that? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, like, and the stories in my head are so vivid and so real that I will believe them Mm -hmm. and panic over them. And they haven't even happened yet and it happens when I'm like in a new relationship with somebody like if I don't hear back from them I'm like you hate me and you're dating 10 other girls (laughs) 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 and like it'll just be like so believable in my head until it's like proven otherwise so it's definitely it's tiring and it shows up and I it shows up in phases like it'll be phases of stories and like phases of health anxiety and phases of panic and phases of like checking my pulse and yeah but it's definitely tiring
0: okay that sounds exhausting like I can't imagine so for me I don't have um, anxiety to the same extent and so that just sounds exhausting to me and the fact that that is kind of like in the back of your mind all the time yeah it's so crazy to me but I guess I mean that's the same for me trying to describe my experiences with depression to somebody that has no idea like Yeah. That's crazy. That's
1: crazy. It's bad sometimes because it does like take a toll on my relationships and friendships too, because I'm like pretty open to talking about it. And often I'll seek um, reassurance from my friends. And sometimes it can be too much, especially if you forget to be like, can you take this on today?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Because they have their own things. Like your life is your life. And then in their life, you're just part. You know, like, you're not their whole life. And, like, one of my friends recently said to me, he was like, you know, sometimes you just, like, have a whole day where everything is wrong. Like, everything is bad. And I'm trying to have a good day. And then you're texting me about all this bad shit. And I'm like, yo, just be more positive. And, like, sometimes it's not just like that. It's not just that easy to be more positive. But sometimes it is definitely something that should be considered as, like, it's nobody else's responsibility to deal with your anxiety with you. Unless it's your like paid therapist. Mm-hmm. So it is exhausting and sometimes it's exhausting to other people too. So yeah. it's something that I've like been trying to be more mindful of lately that like you don't have to go through it alone and there's other people who go through it too. But the other people who are struggling too don't need to hear about your struggle, them, you know?
0: That's so a really like, good point. A lot of people like, I mean, we rely on other people, our friends and our family to get through those bad days and those bad times but yeah a lot of people don't realize that you don't always have the permission I guess to kind of lay all that out there and on other people all the time which yeah one of my girlfriends
1: realize. um actually like taught me this like new thing and I always forget to do it but she always asks me if I can handle her like emotional uh, labor I guess yeah. Like if she's going yeah. through something, when she calls me to talk about it, she'll go, do you have space for this right now? Yeah. And I always appreciate that so much because I've never asked anybody that and I've never been asked that before.
0: Yeah, I love that idea.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And I sometimes forget. Um, but, like, one of my newer friends, like, recently I, like, was going through something and she's like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, do you have space for this? And she was like, that's the nicest question anyone's ever asked yeah. me. And now we both, like, our friendship has, like, started on this premise where, like, we ask each other. And like, it's, it's really nice. And sometimes you have those friends that you just spill to, like, yeah. and if they don't want to reply to you, they won't. And like that one friend of mine, like, he'll always tell me like, this is a lot today. <laughs> Chill out, girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, yeah, but it's it's definitely like, that's something that I now kind of try my best to remember to mm-hmm. throw in is like, can, can you right now? Because if not, that's fine. Yeah.
0: You know? I love that idea. I know um, a lot of people, well, I've talked to some people about different kinds of friendships and like certain people in their lives don't have the capacity to deal with those situations ever. And so you just have a different friendship or a different relationship with that person versus somebody that you can go to anytime or sometimes. Like you are allowed to have different relationships with different people. In in regards, yeah, in regards to your mental health.
1: Definitely. And, like, you kind of learn that about people pretty quickly. Like, you meet somebody new, and you can kind of tell by the way they react to things the first time if they're going to be somebody who wants to talk about something like that, Mm
2: -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And,
1: And sometimes they're not. And then you just kind of, like, avoid those. I had a really anxious day conversations with those people, and you just talk about other things. And that's fine. And then I feel like if you're somebody who's, like, pretty open and honest about mental health, with those people who don't want to talk about it, those friendships kind of stay on a surface level and those relationships often don't work mm-hmm. um, because everybody has needs, right? And like, I I don't like need to date somebody who's anxious. I actually should probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but like somebody who can hear it eh, and not help you necessarily, but just listen yeah, um, is like a super important thing in a friendship and a relationship as long as you are willing to reciprocate that, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Do you know what your triggers are for your
1: anxiety? Yeah, I not always, but I definitely like think that it comes from the things around me, especially with health stuff. Like, um, I had a friend um, a few months ago get an STI, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's gonna happen to me," and I convinced myself to the ends of the earth, like Googled all of them. I was like, I need to be ready for how these work. So if this ever happens to me, that it like, that I I know the signs, you know? Yeah. And I was like, looking at all these things, like you can have this and this and this. Not No, you do. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go to the doctor and like blah, blah. blah. So like things like that or like one of, I just found out recently that one of my friend's parents is um, not doing great and has COVID and like is not in good shape right now. And like that night, I found myself like short of breath and like if I got COVID today and it's like it manifests itself, you know, and mm-hmm. then you worry about that thing. But I, so I, I think it's a lot of it is like environmental. Like if something bad happens to somebody, something bad is going to happen to me. I read on Instagram about a young mm-hmm. person getting cancer. Yeah. I'm going to get cancer now too. And I'll think about that for months sometimes. Like it just depends mm-hmm. on the way that it manifests itself. But I definitely think the triggers are in the people around me and what they're going through. And if something bad happens to somebody, I know something bad is probably going to happen to me too. Wow.
0: So what are the coping mechanisms that work for you to get through that?
1: I haven't necessarily found them yet. And like, I talk to my therapist okay. and, and she, like, I'll usually make an appointment and she's given me some that I'm like trying to work on that I know would work if I was able to put them into play. But harder than it is like do it than it is to just like say but like some things that she says is like just instead of when you're scared like she used this example the other day where she was like if you were getting on a roller coaster with no seat on and someone was like you're not allowed to be scared you'd be like but I have to be and they'd be like you're not allowed to be scared so don't And you'd be, like, sitting on this roller coaster, like, scared you're going to fall off, but trying to act like you're not, which would make the situation even more stressful. Whereas if you feel yourself being scared, she kind of, like, tells me to separate my two parts. And she calls them, like, Anxious Josie and, like, Guitar Josie. She's she's like, I bet you're not anxious when you're writing music, which is true. So she's like, what does Guitar Josie say to Anxious Josie? And I'm like, chill out. And she's like, well, why? Like, that's mean. Like, why don't you just be like, it's okay. Like, if your friend was freaking out about something, you wouldn't be like, shut up. You'd be like, are you good? You know? Yeah, and, like, yeah. it basically just to feel the emotion. Like, instead of being like, I'm anxious right now and I shouldn't be. Just, I feel very anxious right now. And then, like, letting it happen.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
1: instead of, like, suppressing it and just letting it sit yeah. in you. And then I think also something important, though, is that when you, like, feel something, like, happy, you don't just push that away either. You, like, feel it. Like, you go, like, I feel really happy right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, enjoy it. You know, um, there's that, like the feeling of it. And then she also like, when I've been going through my health anxiety recently, she, she was like, I want you to schedule two hours to panic about your health. Oh, wow. I was, like, I was like, no, that's so stupid. She's like, yeah, she's like 5pm to 7pm. You can lose your mind over all the things you think you're dying from right now. Google all the symptoms, take all the pictures, do whatever you want, freak out for two hours and I was like well, then I won't do it and she was like exactly <laughs> like, you can just wait like if you can get through the workday, if you can get through your morning routine you can get through your workout and you can just look forward to this 5 to 7 p.m. panic attack like do that and that way at least only two hours of your day are ruined as opposed to little pieces of every second and I was like okay I'm actually like was last week was way better with that thought in my head I didn't do it but like the thought of how ridiculous that was yeah helped you know yeah like it's like if you if you if you want to be really sad about this one thing you can but only between 6 and 8 p.m tonight <laughs> you know? and then you that's that's a good chunk of time you yeah. know but, yeah she's great I, I like really that. like her I like that idea
0: <laughs> um you're also very open about your weight loss journey first off I just want to say congratulations on making those changes for yourself Thank you. um how much weight have you lost like 130 130- I'd That's say. amazing. That's amazing. So, when you were younger, do you think that your weight played a role in your anxiety, or vice versa? Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: only when people started to mention it, and a huge part of my anxiety that I haven't even said just because it's on is how other people feel about me.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: hate when people don't like me. It's funny because I I've, there's probably several people that I could list off right now that I just don't like for no reason like it's just that they're not my person I don't like them and they haven't done anything to me I just I don't I wouldn't pick them you know yeah And like that's gonna happen in your life and people are, are sometimes not gonna pick you whether it be somebody that you're dating whether it be somebody who wants to be your friend whether it be a teacher like I've had teachers just not like me and I just can't stand it even though it happens to me all the time where I'll meet somebody and be like no not you and like it's it's just like I feel like I'm more sensitive to it because I feel like I got kind of pushed past and like overlooked yeah. because of my weight because looks are just so important to people all the time, especially yeah. when we were growing up, like going to school in like the late nineties and stuff like people are ruthless I and mean, they still are. And now mm-hmm. there's like social media and stuff. But before it was all like playground, like just say it. And yeah. like anti-bullying wasn't a thing that people were looking at. And like it, it's just like, I don't know. I think that yeah it definitely has played a part in the sense that like I still always feel like I want to be careful with the way that I phrase this because the whole like body positivity I don't even want to call it a movement because it's just part of life now and like being accepting of bodies of all sizes and shapes and all that um has like really helped um but I still feel like I remember I was worried about being, like, the biggest person in the picture, the biggest person in the room. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the moment when I was, like, in high school and all my girlfriends were, like, bit, tiny little girls and cheerleaders and, and, like, high metabolism, eat whatever you want, doesn't nothing happens, like, you know. And I was the complete opposite of that. I was just so much bigger than all of my friends. And I felt that way. And I still struggle with that. I still get scared when I go on dates that like guys are going to see me and be like you're you're fat, you know? And like like see my pictures and be like and then meet me in person and be like no. That's not what you look like, you know? And like it's it's a weird thing that that has definitely played into like I worry about people not liking me and I worry about that being the reason why. And like I remember one of my friends, he was seeing this girl and he was like, I'm just not into it. And this was like recently, as recently as last summer. And I was like, is wow, she's so fit. And he was like, what? And I was like, she's so, like she's really like thin and like slim and, mm-hmm. and like fit. And he was like, okay, you think that's why I would be into someone? And I was like, I think it would be like a really important part of it. And he's like, no, she's boring. And I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. So and like every time something ends, or if a guy's not into me, or if like somebody's not interested in like having a conversation with me, I'm like, it's because you think I'm ugly. You think it's because you think I'm fat, and it's like, no, it's because you don't like my personality, which actually is an easier thing to handle than yeah, because it's it was always just such like a big part of it. But yeah, ever since I was little, I was just always scared that somebody mm-hmm. was gonna yell out like, oh, you're well, you're fat, you know, like, and that's happened to me so many times um, that I'm like. I'm still nervous about it and like everything for me is based on looks and like just not for me with other people but for other people with me yeah. like when I yeah. I'm having a conversation with somebody I'm looking at them being like are you looking at me because you don't like the way that I look when really they're probably just listening to what I'm saying you know yeah so it's uh it's 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 a big part of it and like a big part of my anxiety is like I said Wherein people don't like me, and that's always the reason why I think they don't. So, like, yeah, I know it's weird. It's like a it's weird to say it all out loud.
0: No, I I'm actually the exact same way. So I was always a bigger kid, yeah. and I got bullied a lot because of it. I was bigger than most of my friends, and I think the bullying contributed a lot to the environmental factors that kind of brought on uh, my own mental health issues. But that's that's another story. But yeah. Yeah, I was always a bigger kid and every time that you meet somebody new or like you're going on a first date or something, you're like, oh, what if they don't like what I look like? And now that I, I mean, I'm not as big as I was before, but I'm still, I don't think I see myself the way that I am now. I think I still have part of that like fat kid in my head that thinks that everybody is looking at me. And judging me based on my weight and not based on my personality or how I treat people or any of the other factors that play such a big role in friendships and relationships. Totally. Yeah. I totally totally get that.
1: It's such a – it plays into it so much. And I think that it's, like – I feel like – and this is nothing against, like, I'm not, like, saying all men, but I'm just, like, anybody who ever openly bullied me about my weight was a boy. Oh, wow. And it was never other girls. And I think that that's why I feel so comfortable and have such strong relationships with my girlfriends. And I, like, meet girls and I love them. yeah. Because I, like, they've always been so much kinder to me, you know? Whereas with, with guys, I'm always so skeptical of everything that they say and do. Because I'm like, is everything that you need from me rooted only in how I look, you know? Yeah. And it's not like that. And people are so much better than that. And, and I feel like because of, like, being bigger and, like, being kind of, like, scrutinized for it, I, like, put these negative stigmas on people who don't even deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, like, a guy will end it with me, and I'll be like, is it, it's because you don't like my body? And I'm like, no, it's because I'm annoying." Like, I, I know, like, it's not actually that, but, like, you know, it's just, like, there's so many other things, or, like, it just didn't work. But in my head, I'm like, you're shallow.
0: Yeah, like, like you're an asshole for breaking up with me because you said yeah. I'm ugly. Like,
1: you don't like the way my body looks. Yeah. Was like, no, I don't like the way you are like you know like it's just like yeah it definitely definitely plays in for sure
0: yeah your mind never goes to like oh our personalities just don't mesh no (laughs) it's always something physical
1: yeah always
2: physical. yeah
0: which I don't know how to kind of get over that or past that but I mean I think as we get older it's becoming more apparent that personalities and Definitely. Yeah, they're more important.
1: I think that something that helps me sometimes, I still, I find it hard, but, like, when when something goes wrong, or, like, a relationship doesn't work, or whatever, and you kind of worry about it, you get down on yourself, and you're like, it must be me, it must be something that I did, it must be something whatever, and, like, you you feel like, I tried so hard, I did everything I could, and, like, it's my loss, you know? And I... I don't necessarily like the whole, like, it's his loss or it's your loss or, like, whatever. Because it's nobody's loss if it wasn't meant to be. Like, just because you're awesome doesn't mean that it's his loss because it wasn't right, you know? And, like, vice versa. But I feel like just remembering that, like, the way that you get excited about people, they get excited about you. It's not just a one-way street. Like, you've been excited about somebody before. You, like, sit there and you, like, talk about your friends behind their backs in, in, in a nice way. Like, you tell a story about somebody that you love to somebody new, and other people do that about you. Like, other people go, I can't wait for you to meet my friend," Or, like, you the, You should hear this really funny thing that, that Josie did the other day. And you're not even there to hear it. And I feel like it's just, like, the way that you've been excited about people, and the way that you've talked people up behind their backs, and the way that you have been, like, this is the most amazing person ever, or the way that you look at another girl, and you're like, God damn. Like, you? <laughs> go, girl. Yes. Like, other people are doing that to you. You're not the only person who's exempt from that, you know? Well, and it's, so
2: like, I know
1: it's not good to, like, fuel your fire based on only what other people are saying, but, like, if you're somebody who's, like, had troubles always, kind of, like, with your self-esteem and stuff, it's just, like, think of all the people that you love and how all the people that you're excited about and the, all of those people feel that way about you, too. And, like, that helps me feel, like, more positive and, like, gives me a little bit more wow. self-esteem when I think of it like yeah. that.
0: Wow, I love that. I've never yeah. thought about it like that before, but that is so true.
1: It's hard to keep that front of mind, and yeah. I forget that very, very often. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's, you're you're just as valuable as the next person, and you might be, like, on a few dates with the guy and looking at him being like, oh, my God, like, you hang in the moon, man. Like, you're amazing. Like, <laughs> people look at you like that, too right like they could very well be thinking the same thing and like just placing all this value on another person and like acting like you have none is like gonna be the death of you you know
0: well it's hard to keep that kind of at the front of your mind when if other people are talking about you you don't hear it so you kind of have to i don't know convince yourself that it's happening
1: well it's (laughs) In the same breath, I mean, people are probably talking shit about you too, right? Like, the way that you talk shit about your friends, like, they're talking shit about you sometimes when you're yeah, out there. That's, that's and, like, true. what other people are saying about you beyond what you can hear is not really your business. True. But, like, it's unless they make it your business. Yeah. But it's, it's a nice thought to know that, like, the love that you give is more often than not reciprocated. Yeah. Those friendships that you hold dear to you and those relationships that do work as much as you look back on a relationship with a guy and be like, damn, I really love that guy. He sits there too and says the same thing. Like he thinks of all those times that like you made him laugh and he goes, damn, I really love that girl, you know? Just thinking of, of those moments is like, it's helpful to know like people place value in their thoughts about you. And again, it's so important to like, not find happiness in what other people think. It's all about you, and, like, happiness comes from within, and you need to love yourself. It doesn't matter if anybody else loves you as long as you love yourself. But it's it's a nice nice thought that helps me as somebody who has, like, a pretty low self-esteem. I love
0: it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, as a radio personality, part of your job is to be kind of upbeat and on, like, all the time. Is that hard for you to – um, be kind of that version of yourself some days.
1: Yes, it is, but it's it's the job I picked, right? Right. Yeah. And I remember, like, when I first started, my boss hit me up after one of my shows, and he was like, "You had a bad day today," and I was like, oh, "You know," and he was like, "Cause you sound sad." Oh wow. And I was like, "Oh," and he was like, "I care about you, yeah. so I care," but someone who's listening doesn't care. They're not going to be like, oh, Josie sounds so bored and sad today. I hope she's okay. They're going to be like, I'm going to listen to this other radio station because um, yeah. maybe something there will bring me up and make me happy. And like at the same way that like some people's job is to like change your oil or and like they, you don't necessarily have to act passionate while you do that. But like, I hope that you like kind of want to do it, you know, like and that mm-hmm. you know what you're doing and that you are going to like keep me safe in that because that's your job is to to change my car oil so it doesn't explode and like I picked a job that it's my job to be a distraction and to be a positive light and to be a um uh just like a the brighter side of things you know especially now yeah and yeah there's days where I literally want to be like f COVID and F this, and I miss my mom, and I miss my friends, and I'm anxious, and I'm tired, and I can't stop crying, and, like, I was up all night last night because I couldn't sleep, and, like, whatever, and, but that's not my job, you know? And, like, it's, 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 like, hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's just what it is, and it's good to be, like, transparent, and, like, to be honest in things, and, like, some people aren't always happy, but I think for four hours a day, it's not too hard to be like, hey, here's the bright side of this, you know? Because that's just what what your job is. And I can come home and be like, everything's not, like, alone. But why are you going to make other people feel that way, you know?
0: Well, yeah, people people tune into the radio to hear, like, or to make their their day happier, you know? Like, they're not tuning into – necessarily hear your problems or what's no. going on with your day right but exactly. do you have like a, a pre-show ritual or anything that you do to like get yourself pumped up
1: I used to have a little bit more trouble with it than I do now now it's just kind of like second nature like yeah. I could be like literally crying between songs and sound like I'm not and it's just kind of like something yeah. that you get good at like as any job you get good at it and um, yeah. I've kind of just become a natural at sounding excited all the time uh, even if I'm not feeling that way, mm, but no, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. I when was my last like really shitty day? Maybe Monday. I like had a, a really anxious morning, and I was just like not feeling it. Did not want to get out of bed. Did not want to work out. And I was just like, I'm just gonna do the workout. I'm gonna drive to work, I'm get a Starbucks, I'm gonna listen to all the music that I want to listen to on my way in. And then you walk in and I don't want to go into the studio with Tyler, Denny and Fuzzy and be like, Hey guys, <laughs> I hope everyone's not happy right now. Cause I'm not, you know? And it's yeah. just like, when I walk into work, I'm going to be in a good mood. And like, sometimes you can't get there. And there's some days where I just like won't go into the studio when anybody's in there still, because I just can't
2: mm-hmm.
1: ramp it up for other people in person in that moment. But most of the time, the rule is, and they like use this analogy too, when I first started, they were like, just put all of your feelings that are negative, anything going on, you're going through a breakup, you miss your parents, you are sad about your friend, you are anxious, put it in a bag and just leave it outside the door. Close the door. And if you want to bring that bag with you when you leave, you can. Or you can just leave it at work too, outside in the hallway and go home and be Mm -hmm. without it. But like in the studio, leave the bags outside. And that's just kind of the mindset, and I have always stuck to it, and yeah. and it works tremendously. It also helps that the shifts are, like, kind of short. Like, if they were eight hours long, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it as well. True. But going in and being, like, four or five hours of, like, happiness is not the end of the world. Yeah,
0: that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is the same for you, um, but if I – so, at the beginning of the pandemic, I started vlogging – or recording myself on my own um, Instagram stories on my personal account and just saying, like, good morning and stuff like that. And people were messaging me, like, "Um, thank you for doing this. Like, I look forward to this, starting my day in this way or whatever. So then I continued doing it, and I find that when I do it in the morning, whether I'm feeling happy or not, um, just recording something – that is a happy message for somebody else makes me uh, puts me in a better mood right away, even if I don't necessarily feel that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you get that or the same way when you're on air, like being excited and happy about something. I don't know if that helps you at all or if you feel the same way.
1: It definitely helps to kind of like be looking at the positive side of it. And like mm-hmm. when you roll on, on the, air and it's like everything's closing again (laughs) instead of being like this sucks yeah. taking the angle of at least we can still go to a patio or this is the only time ever that we're ever going to be able to book a reservation at National on 8th on the rooftop without waiting in line like just like little things that are like positive spins like I don't just say them and then they leave I'm like oh that's actually true you know and like yeah that's like but like, just kind of talking to other people and being like yeah that sucks, but, um is helpful to me too because I'm not I'm not not hearing myself mm-hmm. I mean sometimes my opinions probably differ a little bit like when everything locks down or like they close the bubbles up or like and I'm like sitting here living by myself and I'm like what the hell I don't know what's to my freaking friends like it's just like those moments are like whatever but you if you have to find the positive spin on it for other people who live alone yeah. Kind of like hit that demographic of people, in in the positivity, you always kind of hold on to some of it. So it'd be kind of impossible not to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely I, I agree with you. Yeah, one yeah. helps.
0: Okay, I have two questions for you that I like to ask kind of all of my guests. So, okay. um, the first one is, what is your favorite thing to do for self care?
1: I like to go for the long drives. Um, I love going for long drives. Like and if I'm feeling stressed, like sometimes it'll be like eight or nine at night and I'll just get in my car and I'll like literally get on Deerfoot foot and go all the way to okotoks and then all the way to Airdrie and then come home. And I know that it's like it's wow. an expensive regime. Um and I used to do it a lot and now I do it less. And I find like, how often I'm doing it is actually a pretty good teller of where I'm at mentally. If I go like a couple weeks without, I'm like, You're probably feeling good. Yeah. But um that's one of my favorite things is to just like get in the car and be like just you can spend money on gas. You have my permission. Let's listen to some good music and let's go for a drive. Um, and that's like probably my main one. And my other one is probably um, probably working out. Like I love, I love it. Yeah. And that's like my me thing. I hate doing it at home. Yeah. It's the worst. But going to the gym is definitely a practice of self care for me. Like getting up in the morning going and, like, doing the workouts and getting stronger and and that kind of stuff, like, I find that it's, like, a lot of – like, there's a thin line between that being abuse to yourself and it being helpful if you're doing it too much. And I definitely waver on the line sometimes. Um, But, yeah, I'd say long drives and working out probably.
0: Yeah, I definitely working out is one of mine as well. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is, like, the social aspect for me too.
1: Going yes, to the gym and, and
0: seeing my people. and
1: <laughs> Yeah. It becomes like a little community. Like I was, uh, I used to go to F45 and before that rumble and those gyms are like community gyms. So yeah. you're paying quite a bit, but it's like, you see the same people all the time and good life never had that until time slots became a thing. Yeah. And then I found that I started to really enjoy it because I was going like for like a couple months when they reopened a little bit or like a month and a half, whatever. Every day at the in the morning, you see the same people. And I was like, this feels like a little community. And yeah. you, like, start to, like, smile at each other and be like, oh, we're obviously on a similar schedule because we come here at this time every day. And, like, it, it's just – it was nice to, like, have this, like, little silent alliance with all the people at Good yeah. Life at 750. Yeah. And you were just like, hey, we're all here to work on ourselves. how a good day, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Okay, my last question for you. Um, is there a stigma or a misconception surrounding mental health – that bothers you the most or that you hear most often but isn't true
1: I would say just the idea of like just chill out or just be positive words are nice but nothing is more frustrating than hearing somebody tell you to calm down and I do it too like spitefully like sometimes if somebody's freaking out like to a point where I'm like this is ridiculous I'll be like calm the frick down I have friends like that who, are like, whose anxiety is, like, even worse than mine. And they'll be like, blah, blah, And I'm like, shut up and calm down. And I hate that I even do that because I, just because their anxiety is more, like, severe than mine in certain aspects, I'm thinking, like, you need to chill. And it's not like that. And, like, I have friends who will, like, often be like, yo, chill. Like, just chill. And I'm like, I physically can't. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's sometimes the just calm down or the just try to find the positive side isn't possible. And I had a friend like that the other day just be like, just be more positive. And I was like, I can't. I'm sad right now. And I don't know why, but I can't come out of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, been like this for a couple weeks. I feel like really negative and I can't just change that. Yeah. And like, you can say I'll work on it, um, but you can't just be like, stop feeling that way. And I mean, have all the and I just, I hate that some people think that it's that simple. Because it's like almost insulting. Because yeah. you're like, you think if it, if it was a matter of just calming down that I wouldn't have already? Yeah. Like I'm exhausted. Like I would love to calm down, but I don't know how.
2: Oh, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I think that that would definitely be what I think.
2: Yeah.
0: I like that one. Okay. Well, that is all the questions that I had for you. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we didn't?
1: Uh, no, I think that, uh, I think this was a very enlightening conversation. You're very fun to talk to. Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if people want to contact you or have more questions or want to reach out, um, can they do that? And, yeah. And how how do they do that?
1: Um, definitely. You can find me, um, Facebook's not the best place. I kind of like lose track of um, notifications and invites on there just because it's kind of dying i feel um but instagram at josie balka is probably your best bet it's okay. j-o-s-i-e-b-a-l-k-a and if you just like send me a dm i i will always reply to it perfect unless it's really creepy then i won't reply to you, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so don't be creepy, yeah, but creepy, you can. But <laughs> I
1: I love um, my main form of communication is definitely through Instagram, and then also like I use TikTok a lot. Same thing, Josie Bulka Twitter is Josie Bulka FM, but they're all pretty much the same idea.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you um, being so open and honest and vulnerable. Um, and I think it was such a good conversation. So thank you. This
1: is great. Thank you for for thinking of me and for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC. And you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.